Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Regime. I'm your host, Chris Neal, and I'm joined again by your fantasy extraordinaire, Damon Markon. Not not quite a fantasy extraordinaire, Chris. I think uh, you can reserve that title for yourself after uh, my abysmal score on the weekend. And uh, I can tell in your voice you're pretty happy to be here this week. Uh, very up and about, Damon. Uh, the week ended with my evident getting a fantastic result on top of passing you, so... Just some real icing on the cake there for me in terms of fantasy Premier League. Yeah, the roles really did reverse this week. Uh, you scored, I think, a substantial amount higher than me, but uh, I did get the point in the unique of the week section, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But you did touch on um, your beloved Everton getting the win, and I'm just going to quickly shout out uh, Rafa Benitez and Newcastle United for what was an amazing result last night. 6-0 win away at QPR. Look, we couldn't even get anything going on the road last season in the Premier League. And I know it's the championship, but heck, uh, any 6-0 win, oh, look, I'm a very happy supporter today. But let's Listen, press on. I'll cut that out of the show, don't, don't let, Yeah, No, that's definitely staying in the show now. But let, let's press on because uh, we do have a whole lot of stuff to get through today. And I know you're excited to uh, you know, really share some information, Chris, after what was an exciting week for you. Yeah, well, I did have to wildcard my way to 57 points and a rise up the overalls to... A pretty healthy 147,000 for me anyway. I'm usually a slow starter, so it's nice to be around that mark this early. Um, my points weren't looking so flash. I was ruining them before the Everton game where Lukaku and Baines pulled 25 points out for me to really surge me up those rankings. But uh, it wasn't all peaches and cream. Sterling uh, obviously was a sub. Lamella was the sub, so... I don't think I've made errors with my wildcard here, but I've just picked some rotation risk plays in my side. Uh, Giroud as well. Uh, but the one I did hit very nicely on was Mikhail Antonio getting a double for me. Got to love those 13 points in the bank, Damon. Yeah, big Mikel Antonio, man. I actually, I, I love the man's work, but I just, unlike you, I, I held my wildcard this week, didn't use it, thought I could get away with a decent week without having to use it. And uh, look, it completely backfired on me. only managed to score 39 points. In fact, if it wasn't for Romelu Lukaku, um, I would just be in a complete hole right now. If you take away Zlatan Ibrahimovic's five points from my score, Lukaku equaled the rest of my team combined. Look, I'm not even going to bother going into what happened because, look, my, my back four, my three defenders and my keeper, only managed five points, which is really a sour spot. So, yeah, a complete nightmare week for me. On paper going, you know, I didn't expect big things, but I thought I would be able to get away with something half decent. Um, my only people that actually did score any points were Lukaku, Ibrahimovic, and Dusan Tadic that I still have at this point of the season. So, look, I'm just really looking forward to getting this week out of the way and really moving on, I think, at this point of the season. And that evident result, I know they're my own team, but they are very worthy of touching on. You've got to have a lot of coverage of evident at the moment. They're playing very good football under Koeman. Uh, they've got a good run of games coming up. You'd be crazy not to have a few of them in your side, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, I tell you, I, I want to quickly uh, have a little shout-out to another team that is playing good football. Now, uh, we were together on Saturday uh, night, Wombi, when the games were being played, and we did see those two Mikel Antonio goals slot in early in the second half. But how surprising was it to see Watford come storming back uh, away from home and net four goals um in a row and win that game 4-2. I don't think anybody expected it. I was quite shocked, to be honest. And what it did spell as well was a return to form to Odio Nogalo and Dini, a couple of uh, fantasy Premier League favourites right there. So, yeah, you know, we'll, just we'll a bit of an eyebrow raiser. We'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. But, yeah, on the back of my uh, abysmal game week, I did drop down from 80,000 overall to about the 170,000 overall mark, which was 
really disappointing. I thought I'd be look. I've been we all want to see those green arrows when lockout ends. So yeah, not exactly an ideal week for me. But um, that's enough of the week that was uh, on our own front. I think we should uh, look on to next game week, Wombie. So you want to lead us into the next uh, segment of the show? Well, you got some news for us. Got some news. Uh, well, Suarez obviously had a car accident. We obviously friend of the show, Suarez. So we send him our best wishes. Rumour is at this stage that he's got a broken leg, so he'll be out for quite a while. Uh, yeah. Shakiri. Before, before we move on, then we'll be, I think uh, we're on the human here now. I have seen a lot of uh, backlash and managers on Twitter um, cursing um, Papa Suare for crashing his car and you know affecting the FPL team. But at the end of the day, look, Fantasy Premier League is only a game and there is life ahead of these guys. So, look, we hope that Papa Suare has a speed recovery and – Look, I don't think any FBI managers can be too harsh on him for uh, you know, being in hospital in this hard time. Wise words there from your fantasy extraordinaire. I'm a big, I'm a big empathy man. Big, you know, like to like to shout at the players. Shakiri, uh, likely to miss a couple more. So any manager that held on to him, thinking that he'll be back sooner rather than later, would just be ruining it right now. Uh, Terry, likely to miss this game with some strained ligaments in his foot. Could open the door for David Louise, which is uh, a bit risky for Terry owners because if Louise breaks into that side, it might be at the expense of Terry's place in the starting 11. And obviously, uh, before we jump ahead to any conclusions and think that our people are safe, uh, we should just spell out that there are Champions League and Europa games coming ahead this weekend. So just be on the lookout for that news on Twitter or whatever your platform is. Yeah, definitely something to consider before uh, pulling the transfers earlier in the week, I think. Uh, some weeks you can get away with it when there's no games on at all, but uh, this time of the season, sorry, what a bit of a stumble there. This time of the season, Champions League games, we've got cup games coming up, so yeah, you got to really hold your transfers till you know exactly what's going on because there's nothing worse than uh, you know, look making a transfer and then having to transfer that guy out when he pulls up sore from the midweek games. Yeah, yeah. correct. Now, now, one more thing I want to touch on as well. Um, obviously, he's not an injured player, but that Andre Grant Gray ban is still looming over his head. Um, no, no word on when he's going to be sentenced or when he's going to sit in front of the FA. So, just keep that in mind. Obviously, I think we all assume that at some some point sooner or later he will be facing a ban. So, look, I'm an Andre Gray owner right now. I don't know if I will be at the end of the week, but if you are planning on keeping him, maybe just make sure you have a free transfer or a plan to uh, get rid of him when that ban does come down. And speaking of plans, day one, I, I think this is worthy of touching on. Um, a lot of people did use that wild card to. Redispense that Aguero money. Um, you personally transferred him out, I believe. Yeah, look, a lot of people did wild card. I did not. I transferred him out to Romelu Lukaku, who did repay the faith. So I was quite happy with that. And I used the rest of the money to upgrade uh, Gaston Ramirez to Mesut Ozil, who I didn't see any returns from last week, but it was kind of a two-week plan, I think. So Hull City this week, Mesut, I'm hoping that you get on the board but um, look, I can't really do much about it. It is what it is. I know that you fared much better from that uh, lack of Kun money. But I think something that we do need to touch on in this show is the the Kun buyback plan as such. Uh, I know you know I'm a big fan of the uh, the Kun plan as he's probably the most important player in the game, I think. But um, as somebody that has already wildcarded Wombi, you don't have that up your sleeve to get him back. What, what is your plan to get Sergio Aguero back in next week or potentially the week after? Yeah, now before I jump into my plan, I do want to say that there are some whispers going around. People saying that Aguero is not as vital as he was in previous years. We've got some firing players. We've got a bunch of midfielders in that middle tier who are just going to reap you in some points. 
Do you buy into that at all, Damon? You, you do not need corn in season 2016, 2017. Uh, well, it depends on how long you're talking about. I think, look, as somebody that does have their wild card, I was looking at potentially maybe holding off the very week that he comes back. I know he does play Swansea, which is a peachy fixture, but just so that I could potentially wild card in that next set of international friendlies so I have two weeks to kind of tinker with my wild card and get the price changes. But due to the state of my team, I don't even think it'll last that long, so I'll probably be wild carding. But to answer your direct question, there is no player that is more essential than Sergio Aguero in this game. Look, I think last year we both started with him when there was an injury cloud around him. We just didn't want to have him out of our team, and I think that's the way it's got to go, purely for the fact that he's just your lock and load captain every week. He's fixture-proof, and if you, like last week, for example, we didn't know what to do with our captain. A lot of people went Hazard, a lot of people went Ozil, Sanchez, they all blanked. So unless you had Lukaku or Costa, you got nothing out of captain. Aguero's on penalties, and he always seems to get in the assists or goals. So for pure pa- captaincy potential, I think you've got to have Kun in your team pretty much the whole season. Yeah, I, uh, I'll echo those sentiments. My plan is to probably ditch Ibra. I mean, he's going to score goals and there's going to be weeks where I regret my decision. But at the end of the day, in terms of that captaincy security, there's no one better than Aguero. So I've got to go back to Aguero and I think Ibra is going to have to be the man who makes way financially. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of tinkering because there's so many forwards in, in form right now, obviously. Excluding Aguero, we have Lukaku who scored a hat-trick. Costa's been on fire, albeit picking up cards every game and limiting his bonus points potential and Zlatan too. But we'll touch on all those guys later in our next segment, which is uh, buy and sell, Wombi. Exactly. And before we jump into that next segment, we will go to a short break. Before we do, just want to have a quick shout-out to all our Norwegian fans. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Regime, your system to success. Now, earlier in the show, Damon, you did mention that I actually surged past you in the rankings, and I'm not the only one. The Fantasy Regime League is going very, very strong. We have 17 out of a possible 35 teams around or inside that 200K mark, which is quite strong. I must say nearly 50% of teams in the top 200K. Um, noteworthy move of the week. Do you want to, do you want to mention who it was? It was Shay Killer Reed. Now I do know we do know Shay a little bit personally. Well, we we have to touch on that. And he did tell us during the week that he was thinking about benching Lamela for Etienne Capu, who has been in good form. I, for one, wasn't so certain that it was the best move to make, but he was adamant that benching Lamela and fielding Capu was the right thing to do. And he stuck to his guns and look. He, pro- he, he, pro- he proved us all wrong, didn't he? When we, he Eddie M. Kapu came out, scored a goal, launched an assist, and chalked up another massive haul, which I think he's on top of the whole midfield point leaderboard. Is, is he not? Yeah, that's prefer- correct, I think. That's correct. So 34 points from uh, four games now, or five games. So, yeah, he's really serving as a midfield option. But I know that you are not as high on Kapu as what everybody else is, will we? Well, I mean, you just got to look at his stats. And at the end of the day... He's taking the most. He's making the most of his chances, but he's still a CDM A and B. He's 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 doing the exact same things as he was last year. He's just getting really lucky. You look at his goals there. They're volleys from halfway up his waist, which is just rocketing into the top left corner. I think he's going to start letting teams down. Yeah. 
I mean, he's not a, he's not a four point seven. There's nothing wrong with having Kapu in your side. Don't get me wrong, but it's the guys like Shea who are fielding him over Lamela, who I'm just really raising my eyebrows over. Now, this the fantasy league plug was meant to uh, go into a social media plug, Wombi, but I know you're a real serious operator today. Do after your big week, and you do want to get straight into the players. But just real quickly, I'm not as low on Kapu as you are. I think that we're a bit dismissive of him for the first couple of weeks. Obviously, it was a massive mistake by both of us not starting with him as our fifth mid up to 4.8. Now, P.T. Rana fixtures to come for Watford. You do mention that he's playing centre defensive mid, but I think he, he's getting forward a hell of a lot more. So he's not playing that exactly holding role. He's, he's getting forward a little bit more. So I think if you're wildcarding, definitely put Kapu in as your fifth mid. What's the what's the worst that can happen? He, he scores two and reverts back to his old form. But he's only 4.8. Heck, I'd... I'd Definitely pay the extra 0.3 right now if I could to have Eddie and Kapoor over Darren Fletcher. Oh, I never said that I wouldn't do that. And uh, just quickly before we move on, on the other end of the spectrum, a bit of a slander to Adam Markon, who's just really battling it out down there at the bottom. So uh, if you want to get lippy on Twitter, mate, you at least want to back it up. You're, you're 32nd overall or 33rd overall. So just play that wild card and keep it silent until you move on to the leaderboard champ. Yeah, and on that, and on that, that Twitter mention, look, if you want to follow the the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at the Fant Regime. That's at T H E F A N T R E G I M E. As well as follow me and Wombi on Twitter as well at Damon Markon and at Chris A Neal, where you can have pots at us about our unique of the week picks or just general discussion about anything else that you want. Speaking of general discussion, I know you want to move on to a new segment, Damon. We've called it buy or sell. Now, you, you want to run through a bunch of yeah. names. Actually, you, you lead us off. Go on. Yeah, we've, we've been kind of playing around with a number of ways to, to run the podcast, which is the best format to run. Obviously, we're only just starting out. And, and we think the best way to do this is just to look at the players that scored well last week or in, in, in a couple of weeks running and the players that didn't. And just generally, if we're buying and selling these guys in their respective lines, just touch on a number of guys that we're, we're getting a lot of topics about and that are just coming up in the community a whole lot. So I think that's the best way we're going to run through this for the rest of the show. And then obviously, we're going to get into our unique of the week and captaincy choices for the upcoming game week. So we'll kick off with defenders. You just explained it quite nicely. Let's talk about Leighton Baines, Everton man. I'm high on him. He's on penalty. Well, he could be on penalties. We haven't seen him with Lukaku on the pitch yet, but potentially on penalties. I think he's one of the highest all-time assists for a defender. He's looking good in that strong, well, newly looking strong, evident back four. Uh, are you buying or selling Leighton Baines, Damon? Yep, I'm buying. If I was on wild card this week, he'd be probably the first defender I slot into my side. Um, as you said, Wombi, I do expect him to be on penalties. If it's not Lukaku, it'll definitely be him. I think he's probably nudging Lukaku as well. Um, Everton obviously have a really peachy run, which is the same draw card that Lukaku and a number of Everton midfielders have. So, yeah, I'm definitely buying Leighton Baines. Um, obviously, defensive transfers are somewhat of a luxury in this game as we're always tinkering between our forwards and midfielders. But, as I said, if you're on wildcard this week or even next week, definitely plug Leighton Baines into your side. He just looks like the Leighton Baines of old. Our next man is, surprise, surprise, got another little yellow exclamation mark to his name, constantly injured, well, potentially injured, Luke Shaw. Yeah, um, look, I know you, you do have Luke Shaw as well. Did you wild card him out last week, Wombie? I, uh, I held him. Team. You did hold him. Now, that's probably the way I'm looking at it as well. As we know, Luke Shaw is one of the more injury-prone players running around in the Premier League, but I think he should be right to play this week. And if he does, that United defence, look, it's going to be pretty sturdy. Obviously, they haven't kept a clean sheet 
against City at home. I, I think a lot of teams won't keep clean sheets against City. And Luke Shaw has proven to be a pretty good defensive asset. Um, for me, he's not a sell. If, I'm, if you put a gun to my head and say sell or buy, I'd probably jump off. But I think given the fact that Mourinho is somewhat of a defensive stalwart, I think Luke Shaw is a keep for me. What about you, Juan? Yeah, he's a keep for me. I mean, I'm looking at his next four fixtures right here. We've got Watford away, Leicester at home, who aren't the same Leicester as last year, we should mention, uh, Stoke, and then Liverpool away. So they're not the greatest, but um, I think it's enough to keep Luke Shaw on your side. As you said, he's not a complete buy, but uh, at the same time, he's not worth the transfer out of your side. So yeah, I'll, I'll stick to Luke Shaw for now. Yeah, I think we're on the, the same page there, Wombi. And the next guy, he scored with a beautiful bicycle kick. I don't know if you saw Kashani's goal, Damon. Uh, it was a great little bit of play. What are your thoughts on Laurent Kashani? Now, obviously, with defenders, um, when speaking about defenders, it's kind of the whole defensive team as such. We we kind of group Kashani with the rest of the Arsenal defenders, like Hector Bellery and and, and all those boys, but. Um, I still have an amazing run ahead. Um, Hull City this week, which if you told me before the season which which game would you want a defender playing in, I'd probably pick Hull um, for sure, but they've been a little bit better than what I thought. But um, Hull, Chelsea, so obviously a little bit of a harder game then, followed by Burnley, Swansea, Barra and Sunderland. So an amazing run there. And look, we talked about Bellerin at the start of the season to be the pick of the Arsenal defenders, but I think Koscielny might just have um, not... Going above him in the pecking order, I think. Um, he obviously has that goal potential that Bellerin does not have. He, mate, Bellerin obviously carries more assist potential, but I do really like Kishoni, and he's not as he's not as expensive as um, Hector Bellerin is. So I'd be definitely buying Kishoni if you wanted to weigh into that Arsenal back four. Yes, I'll back up all that you said there. Besides the fact that you said that he's gone above Bellerin in the pecking order, that's just outlandish. The Spanish. We're a big fan of him on this show, so I don't want that blasphemy anymore around here. Well, it's it's, next it's, man. it's, it's on a pure uh, money for value type basis, I think. I think Kishani, look, he carries good Well, next time, please it. specify. Please specify <laughs> that's uh, what you're well, going with, all right, before okay, you start throwing okay. that stuff around. Money, no issue. I'd still pick Bellerin, but money is definitely an issue in this game, and that point five can be make or break another end of the pitch. Speaking of money, we'll look at an example of how that kind of plan can backfire on you. A lot of people bought into the Man City defence nice and cheaply at the start of the year in the form of John Stones. Damon, buy or sell? Yeah, this is a tough one for me because obviously Manchester City have not kept a clean sheet in the first four weeks. We all expected them to to probably notch one or two against like the likes of Sunderland and probably Stoke game week two, but I'm I'm still holding John Stones if I have him. I held him through the international friendly. I haven't wild carded yet, and they have a peachy fixture in Bournemouth at home this week and Swansea next week. So if I had John Stones, I'm definitely keeping him. Obviously, priced at 5.0 is by far and away the cheapest route into that Manchester City defence. So I don't really see any point in jumping off him. Obviously, doesn't carry the same goal threat as what another number of other centre backs do. But I know a lot of guys are jumping off John Stones, and I. I wouldn't advise it like completely against it, but I just don't see the point in, in getting off him. I don't think there's many better options at that 5.0 price. Well, I'm actually in the other school of thought here, Damon. Man City under Pep are just playing such attacking football, and it just doesn't look like they care about clean sheets because they're going to score that much. Well, they do care about clean sheets. I shouldn't say that, but they're just going to score that much that they, they just score their, their opponents out of the game. So I'm not as high on John Stones as you. Again, if... 
If I was using a transfer, probably not. But if I was on my wild card, I wouldn't be looking at that Man City defence. Yeah, I, I, I just say it more on a basis that, look, that Manchester City team is such a work in progress. Obviously, the players haven't been there for an extensive period of time. And I think the longer they play with each other and the more they adapt to the tendencies of one another, the more sturdy they will be at the back. They've obviously got a new keeper in Bravo who didn't look too flash hot. But um, I'd, I'd say I'm picking up. And when you have so much possession... Um, for one team, like City hold the ball about 70% of the game. So the other team's not going to have a whole lot of chances. And, and obviously they've been unlucky at the back a couple of times. Ibrahimovic's goal on the weekend was pretty lucky. They could have easily kept a clean sheet in that game. So I see things picking up for City in the coming weeks and I wouldn't be surprised if they got their first clean sheet of the year this week. Speaking of things picking up, we had Tottenham who came out, we should have mentioned them at the top of the show. They just dominated this week. 4-0 win over Stoke who was struggling to start off the year. And yep. we want to talk about the man. He notched an assist. He, I'm I'm high on him. I'm giving him a big tick. Kyle Walker. Yeah, and you were you were talking to me about this guy on when you were wildcarding. Won't be asking for my thoughts, to, and you didn't end up sticking with him. But look, I think you picked Baines over him instead. So it ended up being a win-win kind of situation, really. But um, yeah, if you want to if you want to route into that um, Spurs defense, I think Kyle Walker's your guy. Don't pay up for Toby at six point five was way cheaper last year, and that's why everybody had him. But Kyle Walker, look, he might get rotated at some point with upcoming uh, Champions League games coming up, but he just makes such surging runs down that right-hand side of the pitch that he's just making himself an option in your team regardless, really, I think, for me. So, yeah, he's definitely a pick of the Spurs bunch. And, again, he's another one. If you, It's it's the same place as Koscielny, really. If you want a Spurs defender, pick Walker. It's, it's the best you can say, really. Last but not least, this is a guy who you, you were adamant about. You said, get him in the show. Let's talk about this man. I don't know a lot about him, but he just sounds like a guy who you'd want on your side. Jose Holobas. Oh, you're a big Jose Holobas man. Yeah, I, I specifically wanted to touch on a couple of Watford players in this podcast just because a lot of people will be looking ahead and a lot of guys might be wildcarding this week. So it's relevant because Watford have such a great run coming up after this week. They play United at home this week, which... Based on their form recently, you, you do fancy them to even maybe notch a draw there or something like that, snag a point. But after that, they have Burnley, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, Swansea, Hull. So a real peachy run of fixtures. And Holobas has been very nailed on this year, started every game, played 89 minutes plus in every game and scored a goal on the weekend. So I think Holobas is going to be a very good option in the coming weeks, priced at 4.5. So yeah, just a quick one there and uh, we'll move on to the mids. Now with the mids, Damon, I want to open up the show with... A question we did on our Twitter page, we did a poll. Which of these Liverpool midfielders would you have in your side? Firmino, Mane, Lalana, and Coutinho. And Mane actually won out with 46%, edging out Firmino on 37%. So buy or sell, I guess that leads into this, buy or sell Liverpool midfielders. Now, I have to confess something here, Wombi. Um, I did see that poll come up in my newsfeed. And I did vote on that poll. And I voted for Sadio Mane. Purely on the fa- basis that he he's the most explosive of these bunch. Obviously, Firmino uh, had scored a. I think he only scored once, but not just an assist on the weekend. But had a massive score, holding fifteen uh, fantasy points. But for me, Mane is the guy that has that flair, can explode at any time. We saw how good he looked in the first week of the season um, away at Arsenal, where he cut in from that right hand side and notched a notched a nice little goal in his left foot there. So, I would definitely be buying a Liverpool uh, midfielder. It's just so hard to pick which one. It's really a minefield, isn't it, Wombi? Yeah, uh, Firmino scored twice, actually. But, yeah, as you oh, said, yeah, so. it's just about um, 
getting lucky with these guys really. I mean, Firmino for me, because he's playing in a slightly higher position is is sort of one way I'd make the case, but just trying to pick these guys is just, is, yeah, it's just and, a minefield. And you could even make the Good case luck. for Lalana just because it's the cheapest of the lot and you just want to get one of the assets in and you just pick Lalana because he's the cheapest because any of them can go on, off on their day really. Our hesitation on this topic just sort of sums it up. Who do you go for in Liverpool? I'm definitely buying a Liverpool midfielder. I just can't put my finger on which one. And for that reason, I probably won't do it in my team. But if you could tell me which one would be scoring and getting in on the points every week, I'd be buying. That's the easiest way to put it. And that makes no sense at all. If they know that, then they'll probably be winning Fantasy Premier League. (laughs) That's probably right. Uh, Next one off the ranks. We should ask Shea Kilo Road. He probably has a good idea. Correct. We did watch a fair bit of this game, Manchester City versus Manchester United. It was a classy game, and De Bruyne, especially early, was the pick of the bunch. Yeah, he's, yeah he's back, and he's class. And I think he had a point to prove on the weekend against uh, Jose Mourinho, who controversially let him go away when they were both together at Chelsea. So he came out with a point to prove, I think, and he just proved that he's a class act. And we saw it last year. When he's on, he's on. So I'm definitely buying Kevin De Bruyne if I want a, want a Manchester City asset with Aguero out. He is... I don't, think, I don't think there's even too much to say here. I think Kevin De Bruyne is well worth the price tag that City paid for him last year. And look, for me, he's probably in the top three or four best players in the Premier League. Well worth the price they paid for him, but well worth the fantasy Premier League price? Yeah, for sure. If you, want, if you want a City asset, and if you have the money and you want a City asset without Aguero there, I've got no problem with people playing up for Kevin De Bruyne. It was obviously going to take him a little bit of time to adapt to Pep, and he's shown that he has. And look, when he makes them runs forward and gets in the box, he's just class. Well, I've got him slightly he's, he's, lowered down. My he scored. Here. He scored assists in three games running. Bombi, you don't like that? No, I do like that. But uh, I'm going to do. It. I'm going to touch on another Man City guy. You said the buying with David De Bruyne, but what about Kevin, David De Bruyne? Kevin De Bruyne. Big David De Bruyne, man. <laughs> what about Ray Sterling? He's really <laughs> yeah. screwed me getting subbed off at the 59 minute yeah, mark. Yeah, I think here. a lot of people jumped on Sterling last week, and what happened was uh, the inclusion of Leroy Sane into the squad after after injury kind of has forced Sterling to play a bit of a limited role. He, he's kind of going to be rotated with Sane as they kind of play kind of a little bit similarly, obviously have a little bit of pace, like to play out wide, like to dribble with the ball at their feet. So I can see these guys getting rotated a lot in the coming weeks. So I'm probably selling Sterling, albeit after a, a, a nice little run in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm in a bit of a pickle there with Lamella and Sterling, two guys who are pretty high rotation risks. I'm, I'm going to hold them for now with favourable fixtures, but... It's just something I am weary of looking forward. Yep, I agree. Antonio. Yep, and, and this is the one that I think probably was the hottest topic of the whole week and we expect to rise the most before game week five. Mikel Antonio, whew, what can we say about this guy? I'm definitely, I'm definitely buying. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he was obviously a heap cheaper than Dimitri Payet's West Ham teammate, and he's proving to be a better goal scorer, I think. So I think he's locked on to that more advanced role. West Ham have a great run. I don't even know why you've uh, thrown him in this section. We should have just given him a section of his own, which is just a buy. Um, no, I think no one's selling this guy. So, yeah, definitely consider Mikel Antonio. If you're wildcarding, he should be the first guy you pick in your team. If you have a free transfer this week that is going to, is going to be burnt, if you don't use it, I'd probably use it on Mikel Antonio myself. I know you were very happy with getting him in last week, Bombi. Yeah, I don't need to add any more to what you just said. He banked 13 points for my side. Bye-bye-bye. Yeah. Eden Hazard. He, a lot of people made him their captain this week, so they're going to feel a bit of extra resentment towards him. I'm not in the same party. At the end of the day, he's always been a bit of an accumulator. He's going to have a, a, the odd down week here or there, but at the end of the day, he's going to accumulate points for you. He's going to get it done most weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, high on Hazard, but I, would, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah. 
I was the person that put him in the rundown for this show. And look, I'd be remiss if I said that I'm going to be selling him this week because I'm not. But I think the whole point of this buy and sell segment is just to have a little bit of a watch on the stock prices of all these guys. And I think the biggest point to be made here is Diego Costa has been exploding up front. And we all assume that Hazard would be the pick of the Chelsea assets in the attacking half of the pitch. But with Costa in such great form, I think if you do own both of them, why would you not sell Eden Hazard and keep Diego Costa given the fact that he's just been on fire? I don't know. I'm just asking a question. And there's so much there's so much value to be found in the midfield. What's to say that you could flick Hazard to a Sanchez or an Ozil or, or even a bit further down to a you know a Mikel Antonio and hold on to Diego Costa? Uh, sorry, hold on to yeah, hold on to Diego Costa. If you don't want to have two Chelsea assets, that's the point I was making here. So uh, I think it's something to consider. A point to consider, but not a point I will consider very strongly. Uh, I think I think only the only the Costa owners are considering selling this guy. If you don't have Costa, you can just continue rolling on as per usual. All right. Now the next guy I'm going to touch on, Damon. When Everton were playing Sunderland, I was I wanted to stay ahead of you. Actually, I wanted to jump you. You were slightly ahead of me at that stage. Everton were up three three nil, and I thought, who are Damon's Everton assets? I knew you had Lukaku. But your other man was Ross Barkley. You must have been really disappointed here. Yeah, extremely disappointed. Obviously, uh, a pretty good fixture for Ross Barkley and, and the Everton boys, which, look, most guys are pretty happy with their returns from Lukaku and Baines or Williams if you had him. And I know we're going to touch on this next guy, uh, Yannick Bolassi, in a sec. But, uh, yeah, as a Ross Barkley owner, I'm definitely ready to abort the ship and jump on a different Everton asset or a different midfielder in general. I'll give if I... If I had the luxury of being able to ship Barkley off to Antonio this week, I would, but I have other things to deal with. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely selling Ross Barkley in favour of his teammate that we're going to touch on now in Yannick Bellassi. Now, I know there's a little bit of bragging to be had from you there, Wombi, as he was unique of the week last week. But, uh, look, he played really well from what I saw and obviously notched an assist to one of Lukaku's goals. And this is a guy that I'm definitely buying. Yeah, look, one of the things which with having a podcast is the things you say are there to be filed, and I was not high on Yannick Bellassi at the price Everton paid for him. But I'll tell you what, Damon, he is looking like a real serious combination in line with Romelu Lukaku. He plays some nasty balls into Lukaku, and we all know Lukaku can find some space in the box, especially in the air. Yeah. Put in two really nice crosses for Lukaku. Lukaku, unlucky not to score for another Yannick Bellassi cross, which ended up ricocheting off the crossbar. I'm buying on Balassi at this stage. Yeah, and he has all the tricks as well. So, look, he's a class act, obviously. At 6.0, we thought it was a little bit expensive for a Palace midfielder, but for an Everton asset, whew, um, that's a pretty good it's a pretty good price, I think. And you want to fire through the rest of these guys real quickly before we uh, get into forwards? I don't have any other guys here. I've got well, Lamella here, but we did touch on him. So Lamella, gonna... well, that's enough. Let's get into the big boys now, the forwards, which is the real meat of everybody's FPL side, I think. We're on evidence. So, Romelu Lukaku scored a hat-trick. He's back. I think he actually he's said in his post-game interview, it was something along the lines of, I'm back. Yeah, he's uh, back. He's scored back. a brace for Belgium. What yeah. more can we say here? Yeah, he's back. Um, what's that, like five goals in less than a week for Lukaku? So if you're not buying this guy, I don't know what you're doing. But um, yeah, definitely buy him this week. If you if you haven't replaced Kuhn or look, you've got some, I don't even know what circumstances it is. If you're looking for a forward, I think Lukaku's a guy. Obviously, we both have to choose between him and this next guy, Diego Costa, last week. And after Costa scored a double during the week, I was like, heck, I have picked the wrong guy here. But only for Lukaku to come out and one-up him and uh, score three. But um, I think both these guys are similar in the fact that they're in the kind of the same price bracket. 
Costa's price has just exploded in the last couple of weeks to 9.9. But um, they're, they're both scoring goals, so you can't really go wrong either way. I think you've hit the money, hit the nail on the head there, Damon. Um, yeah, there's not really too much to say. I have think, one of them if you if you can't have both of them. Yeah, they're they're pretty proven right now, so there's not really too much to say. I think with with either of those guys, just take a pick, really. So next, let's move on to Watford. You're a big Deeney man. You love his work rate. I'm I'm a massive. We've talked. I've talked about it before. I'm a massive Troy Deeney man. Um, like I said before, Watford obviously have extremely peaks. You fixes. Look, if I could hold this segment off for one week, and I'll tell you right now, I'll be saying it next week. By Troy Deeney, if you haven't already. Um, yeah, the Watford guys, if you're picking up between uh, Eddie Nogalo and Troy Deeney, I'd probably lean Deeney just because he's on penalties and he's that little bit cheaper. But I can see the upside that Nogalo has and both of these guys are very tempting for me. Did you see Deeney's goal? It was a serious bit of class, Deeney's goal. If you haven't seen Deeney's goal, he's, a big, he's, a, big, he's a big boy too, which I, which I like as well. Jump on the Optus Sport app and, uh, and have a quick look at it. Friends of the show. <laughs> Jermaine Defoe you are, have been high on him but tell you what I do like Defoe but Sunderland just do not look like they're going to get the ball to him enough to justify it He's, they, they suck Sunderland and I think they're early uh, relegation candidates for mine yeah they look relegation candidates Spurs this week I don't expect anything from Defoe so I'm definitely selling, but if there is one thing I know about Jermaine Defoe, and as a Newcastle supporter, I've been haunted by him in the last couple of years, is that he scores goals. Uh, obviously, he will have Baron Patches as a Sunderland player because, heck, if I know one thing about Sunderland, they just go a long time without scoring goals, but he'll pop up at a certain time. So probably not someone that you can predict their goals, but look, if you're in a draft league or something or you're really desperate for someone in the next couple of weeks, I could see a reason to hold on to him. But I think at that price, you can have Deeney, you can have... Igalo, you can have Zaza or pay up a little bit more for Benteke. I'd be definitely selling Jermaine Defoe. Our next and final guys, I'm going to reel off three fixtures, Damon. Arsenal, Chelsea and Liverpool. Do you know who I'm talking about here? That's the next three fixtures for this team. Sell, sell, sell. Who am I talking about? You're going to have to tell me who you're talking about there, Bobby. Hull City. Talk about the Hull City boys. Oh, so we've got uh, Adele Hernandez and I don't know the first name of Dim Monday, but I'm assuming that's who you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I don't even need it. I don't even need you to tell me any more than that. Three extremely hard fixtures there, so I think uh, most guys will be selling them whole boys. But I know they've got a nice run of fixtures after that. Actually, I remember looking that up the last couple of days. So I'll be looking at Slodgrass. I think your boy there, Wombi. I've been very high on him. In a, in a, maybe in a month's time, we'll be looking at getting him in. I've got him flagged for that after these fixtures ease up. I'm probably going to get him in my side then, but. For now, you're a big Snodgrass man. You're a big Snodgrass man. It's paid off. Tell you what, he's having some sort of season. Yeah, he's a class act. And I reckon before we head into the final stage of our show, we have another quick break. We'll be back with you very shortly. Gather your thoughts on me. Welcome back. You are listening to The Fantasy Regime, the most succinct podcast on the market. I'm here with Damon Marcon. Damon... We've both got to be a bragging rights here. We both uh, notched up some points in our unique of the week this week. Do you want to start with Santi Cartola? Yeah, big week for the unique of the week followers out there. Um, obviously, it was a pretty tightly contested affair. And uh, with Santi scoring a penalty in the in the first slate of games on Saturday, I was pretty happy with my return. I think he scored nine, so I was pretty much talking up a win for me this week. But uh, Balassi looked really good for Everton, so I was kind of a little bit worried. But, uh, yeah, I did get the win this week. Or was it 9-7? I think it was on me. 
nine to seven, which puts you at seventeen points and me at twenty one at this stage of the year. So a so nice I'm, little boost for both of our scores. I'm back. I at least had one win this week and it was a, a barren affair for me. But uh, I was really I was excited for my unique of the week this week. Um, I'll let you go first because uh, I've got something special. <laughs> at the end of uh, last week, you wanted to go defenders. And um, I said, and I said, look, mate, if you want to go defender, go defender. And I take my unique of the week seriously. <laughs> and yeah, and, and, and as a really competitive guy, I decided to scrap that thought and just go with something else completely in an attempt to not fall even further behind. But I'll promise the listeners out there that I will get a defender out in the coming weeks when the time is right. Now, I know you think that I like to go for a real cliche, unique of the week, Damon. And guess what I've done? Big cliche, man. Big cliche. Ian Archo, 3.5% owned. <laughs> Aguero's out. He's going to get the start. I'm banking me points, baby. I'm banking him. Oh, well, you're, you're actually picking a guy that I was considering transferring into my side this week for Andre Gray. That definitely will not be happening now. Um, well, I don't mind your pick there. I'm just going to have to back against that. Sit behind a couch or something when City make an absolute rout this week. But I touched on before that I was quite excited. And the reason was, game week one, I picked a unique of the week, a player that was in my side. And I'm going to opt for the same kind of operation this week. Now, on the top of the show, I did mention Dushan Tadic, that he was still in my side. And I've been waiting. I've been waiting for some returns. And on the weekend, he delivered me assist away at Arsenal. This week... Home to Swansea, owned by 3% of teams. Give me something, Dushan. Not just for Unique of the Week, but for my team. I'm backing him in. He's been in my team for five, for four weeks now. This will be his last week, without doubt. And I'm just hoping for a little bit of a parting gift from him this week. So Dushan Tadic is my Unique of the Week pick this week. I'm going to give you a bit of context on Tadic there, Damon, because I know you didn't watch the Southampton game. He actually uh, hit a free kick, hit the bar, and came back off Peter Cech, which is how he actually got his assist. So, nearly scored. Uh, it, does, it still appears in the assist column. But yeah, he's been, he's been imminent the whole year. I think game week one, he had the highest assist imminent um, kind of percentage. I think, I don't know how to say it. I saw a stat on Twitter. That's, not, like a that. stat. That's not a stat. So, so stat. Something like that. I saw that on Twitter. So, and, he, and he has been leading the league just about in our chances created. So, if, if he can just get someone to put away his chances at, at Southampton, look, I'll be in for a good week, I think. So, Sun, uh, Swansea at home. Look, I'm going to back him in for some returns this week. That's what you get here on the Fantasy Regime. Made up stats to verify our <laughs> unique of the week. What, what would you say again? The highest assist? Percentage, imminent. I don't oh, even know. Oh, jeez. I'm going to use that in future. I'm going to use that. We'll get the hashtag um, going. Now, let's just close out the show with your uh, captaincy choices this week, Wombi. Do you want to start us off this week? As I, I don't think it's ever been as imminent as this week, considering a lot of people failed on their captaincy choice. Yeah, this week, putting the C on Hazard. Picking captains without Aguero is really important um, for the prosperity of your week. Obviously, did we both pick Hazard last week? I think we did. So, oh, Hazard, yeah. yeah, two points as a captain, not ideal. So let's hope for something bigger and better this week. Um, who you got? We are both big fans of playing the percentages, and Hazard was the percentage man last week. Um, this week, I'm going Romelu Lukaku. I mean, he scored a hat-trick. He's looking confident. Middlesbrough at home. Everton's looking good. Tell me I'm not just being a biased evidence supporter here, Damon. Is it a good move? Yeah. Uh, um, if it's not Lukaku, it's got to be Ibrahimovic, I think. Unless you're a Sanchez owner, obviously. Uh, Arsenal have Hull City, albeit away. But I don't see the explosive potential from Ozil. 
Um, Lukaku's off a hat-trick, Middlesbrough at home. I see that as a very peaky fixture, but just don't discount Ibrahimovic as well. He just scores. That's it. He's a chance taker. Obviously, I'm a big Watford man, it seems, but um, I think Lukaku just nudges it for me due to the home fixture. So it's on Lukaku now. I don't think it'll change unless I get real fancy. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. We've got Antonio, but they've got West Brom away. I've got double West Brom defence, so that'll just be a real mind tease there. I've got Swansea that, at home for Dushan Tadic, so maybe I'll get real tricky, but uh, I, 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 what am I talking about? That's just not going to happen. So uh, any anything else you'd like to touch no, on that's before it. we um, wrap up the show? Yeah, I think it was a really good show, actually. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week to uh, cr- put our hands in our faces or you know, come out and celebrate when uh, Dushan Tadic scores a hat-trick. That's right. I'm Chris Neal. I've been joined by Dave Markon, and you've been listening to the Fantasy Radio. Thanks, guys.